this evening. We have stories about ships and we've talked about Paul and his shipwreck there and the mariners and what they did. And uh, it'd be frightening to be in a ship that didn't have a power source other than the wind when you're in a cyclone. <laughs> you uh, have to pull down the sails. Remember, even the wind generators, they switch the blades to neutral when it gets over a certain strength of wind. Otherwise, they just go crazy and they have to halt them. And, uh, but we're on... We're in many different types of ships that we're going to a very simple message tonight. And I trust that you're on board. There was one ship that uh, millions of people didn't get on board when they could have got on board. And they missed out and the next day they're all dead. Well, within 40 days they're all dead. Scrambling to the hop tops of mountains with all the animals and the dinosaurs. Imagine trying to you know, do that. They didn't get in the ship before the God shut the door. And that was Noah's Ark, wasn't it? And God shut the door and that was the end. No more opportunity. But they had 120 years of a righteous preacher. And won't it be like that when the rapture happens? That all those preachers preaching the word, and it's not only us talking about that, there's a lot of preachers out there preaching that. And then God will shut the door by the rapture. And then it will be, everything breaks loose. And we think we've got it bad now. You know, we have people thinking of moving from Victoria to Albury. They were talking about it this morning for the legislation that's being brought there, particularly families with children. And uh, I said, well, if you move here, they'll probably bring it into New South Wales too. So then where do we go? Well, let's escape to Israel. What happened to Andrew? How many years ago? Seven, eight years ago, where where he uh, Rachel was disciplining his children, her, their children in the park, and some Orthodox folks used that to report them, and they had to get out of the country, come back here. So we're going to escape too. You see, this is a worldwide thing, it's a, and it's an orchestrated thing. And uh, don't be surprised what the devil uh, wants to bring in to force people to submit. <clears throat> you see, parents are just dumb people they can't raise their children and teach them right that's what the state thinks what state has taught that and practiced that for decades what hmm. there's all the children with me and you mum and dad go to work and we'll look after them <laughs> and we'll teach them yes what they want their philosophy so yep <clears throat> we're in the day praise the lord i said well the lord's got a plan and he's letting it happen it's going to come to fruition finally but it may just be pushing it forward quickly these sort of things coming into the into the world even as we've seen elections and things your heart sort of oh i prayed for that and it didn't happen the lord knows i mentioned that this morning well let's get on board the ship because the the ship's not got far to sail and we need to be in the ship as we head toward safety (laughs) The safety, safety of the shore of heaven before the flood of destruction comes. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word that we have as an assurance, an absolute assurance of your promises to us. And Lord, you'll never leave us for nor forsake us even if we're in jail. 
as all the apostles found out. And John, your beloved, he found out and he was banished, imprisoned to the Isle of Patmos. But a great blessing happened in that he received the book of Revelation. And Lord, the inspired word was given and we have that for us tonight because he was faithful in tribulation. Lord, bless us as we consider the different things that we need to get on board with and minister to us as we do and through us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. There's many ways we can get on board, isn't there? (laughs) And get on board many different things. You know, the world is beckoning us to get on board with all their programs and plans. God's beckoning us to get on board, and we look at this tonight. And one that we've already really considered, but it's found in the in First John. First John, we considered this only last week, in chapter one of First John. <clears throat> we need to get into the fellowship. So each word, of, each one of these, have a ship on the end of them. Into the fellowship, and just reiterating, or a little bit different outline to what we had last time, last week. There's the possibility of fellowship that's spoken of in verse 3, which we have seen and heard and declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. There's the possibility of fellowship with other people. As it says in Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that unity is not, well, you don't talk about what I don't believe and I don't talk about what you don't believe and let's get on. No, that's compromise. God wants us to get together in the unity of truth, a fellowship of truth. And it is good when people can get together and fellowship around the truth of the word, is it not? Praise the Lord that we can do that. Um, There's a privilege of fellowship in the last part of that verse. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. What a privilege to be able to fellowship with the Lord God Almighty of heaven, the Father, Son, and the Spirit of God. That's the privilege we have. Unsaved people don't have that. They have not the Spirit of God. So we have the privilege of fellowship and the profession of fellowship. If we say, and that's used in verse 6, verse 8, verse 10, if we say we have fellowship with him, this is the profession, God doesn't want a profession. He wants the reality of fellowship in our lives as we gather and assemble together and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as we fellowship. So are you on board as far as and concerning fellowship? Do you have fellowship with one another? Do you have fellowship with the Lord God? Um, I pray that we do. And there's the practice of fellowship in verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. So if we're both walking in the light, there'll be pilgrim, pilgrim progress, pilgrim with Christian. They had fellowship. And before they knew it, they were at the next town. Remember, if you've read Pilgrim's Progress, they got there. How did we get here so quick? Well, we had sweet fellowship on the way. If you want time to pass, fellowship with other Christians and find that you get to heaven before you know it. You're home. Um, <clears throat> As I said last week, this fellowship is vital, it's voluntary, and it can be violated and is many times violated by people who go off in the flesh in a carnal way of living or people that set aside the word of God or change 
what they believe midstream. And it's, uh, it's very hard to receive that if you stay to the truth. You feel like you've been betrayed in that. So <clears throat> I use the illustration of the fellow pastor visiting the uh, parishioner that wasn't coming to church. And afterward, Brother McConnell had a, had a good one too. Give us the illustration of the other pastor. Yeah, yeah, you told me, so you must want everyone to hear it. <laughs> Similar situation, an old lady hadn't been to church for some time. And so the pastor went to visit her. And uh, he just sat down and uh, there was no discussion taking place. And he noticed a bowl of uh, hazelnuts right beside him. So he started eating the hazelnuts. And after he had half a dozen or more... He says, oh, look, I'm sorry, I hope you don't mind me eating these hazelnuts. And she said, no, I don't mind at all, because once I suck the chocolate off, I have to put the hazelnuts in the bowl. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> imagine the pastor didn't eat any more of them after that. <clears throat> she must have been a gummy. <laughs> anyway, false teeth. <laughs> Are you in the fellowship? <laughs> and uh, I wonder if she went back to church. <laughs> it's a story, remember. <clears throat> Are you in the fellowship? Are you under the lordship of Lord Jesus Christ? Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. It reads, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, the Lord Jesus, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <clears throat> now, we can voluntarily be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We can choose to believe and obey. And God wants us to obey. He wants us to, to be at rest as we surrender to him and go on toward the rest of eternity we spoke of this morning. But if we choose not to, then he will bend our knees. <laughs> and uh, it's like we have been captivated by him and we choose to and we bow. That's the ones that are blessed. That's the ones that are at rest. They're the ones that willingly say, yes, Lord, to the Lord Jesus. But there are multitudes, the majority of people that say no. But they will be made to bow their knee and bend their knee before the Lord Jesus Christ on that day of judgment. They will be made to confess who he is. Stalin and Machitung, or I don't know, all these people that have denied him and worked <coughs> diligently against the Lord will be made to say, yes, Lord. <laughs> You are the Lord. Are you under his lordship? You see, we say we are. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 10, where the word Lord is used, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, talking to Christians, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. As we're under his lordship, we're walking and professing him and unto all pleasing and being fruitful as we submit to him. In chapter 3 of the book of Colossians and verse 23, 
We read, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but as in singleness of heart, fearing God. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. So even as we as Christians do what's right toward our bosses, (laughs) we are, in effect, coming under the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ because that's what he wants us to do. Is it not? We're just obeying his word. And we're doing it to the Lord. We're doing it to please him. And, and if we want to please the Lord, we do our best we, to, you know, the, to our abilities. The best of our abilities will do it that we might please the Lord. And in pleasing the Lord, we will be pleasing to men as we submit to their authority of those who are over us. <clears throat> the reference I do want to and not miss out looking at is in Luke chapter 6 and verse 46 Luke 6 46 on this ship we need to be on this ship as Christians under his lordship we're not preaching lordship salvation we're talking about Christians that are saved and come under his authority and here we find in verse 46 Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? That doesn't make sense. You say you're a Christian. You say, yes, Lord, I am your servant, and do not the things that he says. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man who built a house and digged deep and laid the foundations on a rock, and when a flood arose, he and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, he could, could not shake it, for it was founded on, upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that with, is without a foundation, built an house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, I've got Matthew's version of that in my head, so when I read it I seem to stumble a bit because I like Matthew's version. But we need to use Luke as, as well. But you see, if we're declaring the Lord to be Lord of our life, we're building a house that when the floods come and beat. I was speaking to someone in Wodonga yes, yesterday and they said, oh, we had a flood yesterday. I said, no, that was Friday. No, no, yesterday, Saturday. I said, well, I was here cleaning the roof of the church at 10 o'clock. He said, 10 o'clock. I said, it only a couple of spits. He said, but in Wodonga we had one hour of constant rain like tropical rain. And it flooded and it came within an inch of the neighbor's house back door going in. And, uh, <clears throat> but it can do other things. It can wash the foundations out as it's rushing past. And you've seen when that happened, well, happens. And uh, that the house falls and collapses just like it says here. If we don't make the Lord Lord of our lives and we get on this ship then as Christians we're not doing what we should. Make him the Lord. Let him be the Lord. And we say, yes, Lord, to his beckonings in our life. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. Another ship that we have here, this (coughs) fellowship. Are you on board? Lordship and workmanship. Workmanship, chapter 2 and verse 10, it reads, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Why were you saved? Why does God rescue you from eternal punishment? 
unto good works. And those works become come into our lives because we're restful in our labour for him. Works and the word of God that convicts us to do these things, which, hath, which God hath before ordained. Now you talk about foreordination. If anyone needs to sing on about that, then let's sing on about that in the Christian's life. For ordination, that we walk, we have God working in our lives. We're his workmanship. We've been shaped to what he wants us to be, that we should walk in these things that God has foreordained. Here's the path, my son, my daughter, walk ye in it. That's what Psalmist said. Walk, walk in that path. His workmanship. And we could go to many places like the Bible. We are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. We're workmen being moulded by the word of God. I was reading about Matthew Henry's testimony. I don't know if it was he or he made the reference that if, or someone made a reference to him, and I can't remember quite that, but he, they said if you cut him, he bled Bible. And I was wondering where that statement come from. And in his preaching, and that's right, it was talking about pastors and their devotional life. And, and I, I used to think of pastors that, you know, that you'd go to pastor's fellowship and they'd preach this and, well, I need to do that too. And then you need to do that. You know, why? How, can, how can they do all this? Because they haven't got time. And I started thinking, if they're preaching three times a week and they're preparing properly, they haven't got time to do what they're preaching. You know, I was being a bit critical <laughs> because we've only got 12 hours. Well, we've got 24 hours and they'd have to be 24 hours a day to be able to do what they say and have a devotional life. And a devotional life is a priority, but sometimes the pastor's under the pressure just for preparation to preach the word and to minister to the needs of people and then the devotional life Slips aside. And uh, Matthew, they were using Matthew Henry as an example who wrote the commentaries that he did and he wrote them in his spare time. <laughs> and look at the size. If you've got the full set, what's about that long? If you've got just the two volumes, it's about that big. But he wrote all that because he was close to the Lord. He knew the word. And that was a time when they couldn't just talk to their phone and talk to what's her name? Seriously. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and say, you know, give me a Bible verse. They didn't have that. They, had, they, they, they were getting the concord, concordances together, which I've wore two of them out, but I don't need to wear them out anymore because I've got that thing. <laughs> and say, this reference or that reference. But that, he in his mind, he didn't have to... These men didn't have to go to, to these concordances. They had it because they were saturating themselves with the word of God. And they were God's workmanship being moulded so that when they preached, the word of God came out <laughs> and it, the Holy Spirit led them. Didn't the Lord say to his disciples, you know, the, the word of God will flow from you? And, and look at Peter on the day of Pentecost. It flowed from him and it just came out. The Old Testament was there and he had been in the book. He'd been a fisherman, but he'd been in the book. It's, it shows the Holy Spirit brought these things to his remembrance. And the three years of ministry with the Lord Jesus, of course, as Peter and the others were, were learned from that. We are his workmanship. And let's go to Romans chapter 9, if you don't believe. 
what we've said so far and look at verse 20. This is also in the Old Testament, Isaiah and Jeremiah. It reads in Romans chapter 9 and verse 20, Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? That's ridiculous that the thing formed. You know, they're talking about having robots soon that will uh, be intelligent robots that can, you know, and they'll overtake the world, eh? They say, no, it won't happen. <laughs> They'll be more intelligent than humans. Intelligent. Who put what they, what they have in there anyway? Humans. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they won't be more intelligent than the multitude of humans that, that made them. But it's like the robot saying, you know, why have you made me like this? Why didn't you make me like this? And, uh, you know, make me do better than, and look better and... Uh, I should have been higher and uh, my eyes should have been this colour instead of that colour. Don't like that. I'm short. I want to be tall. I'm tall. I want to be short. Yeah. I've got curly hair. I want to be straight hair. Yeah. Why does a thing form say to heathen that formed it, why hast thou formed me thus? You know, I've got no talents. I want, more ta- I want that talent, not the one I've got. <laughs> Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel to honour and another to dishonour? And I know people get right on board here in this chapter and go on and about predestination and things, and, and it's, it's to do with Israel. But the personal application here is, are you his workmanship? <clears throat> the clay doesn't say, say to the potter, don't, no, no, I want that bit different. No, the potter just has his will and his way. Let God have you as his workmanship to create you to be what he wants you to be that you might and I might fill in the spot where God wants us to be and what he wants us to do just let him mould you it, if, the, if the clay could talk it probably would say ouch <laughs> but it can't and we don't reply against the Lord we are <coughs> fourthly we should practice Christian fellowship we started with that in First John but let's go to chapter 15 of the gospel of john this time chapter 15 of the gospel of john and verse 12 this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends <clears throat> if you do whatever I command you yeah my friends if you do whatever I command you and I'm meant to say friendship fellowship <laughs> henceforth I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you Ye have not chosen me, but I've chosen you that, and ordained that you should go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you shall ask of the Father in my name, <coughs> he may give it unto you. These things I command you, and <coughs> that ye love one another. <coughs> and as I mentioned, it's friendship, not fellowship. I was looking at it close enough. We are his friends. Therefore, we ought to be friends, not foes, with one another. Isn't that true? We're in the same fellowship, but we ought to be friends. <clears throat> there are those who try to break up our friendship. 
Proverbs 16.28, a perverse man soweth strife and a whisperer separateth chief friends. That's gossiping will separate friends. It says in Proverbs 18 and 24, a man who hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, isn't there? The Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, <clears throat> he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And there are, our, there are Christian friends that stick closer to a brother. Went and visited Ian before he went, and Ruth <clears throat> was sitting on the couch there talking the day, night before he left to go to Melbourne. And he said, Brother, we've travelled the road together for a while, haven't we? <laughs> said, Yeah, and it's been good, hasn't it? <laughs> you know, we don't know with an operation like that whether you're going to come through. And, um, and we jokingly, as we were leaving, making comments, well, Jill, you can come and live here. and <laughs> We were joking, and they knew it. But <clears throat> you know that we've travelled down the road a while together. Some of us have travelled the road for 44, 5 years, whatever it is, with Brother Langlands and Christine and the Kempers, McConnells and others. Have I missed you out? <laughs> Nicole, since birth, has travelled the road and it's good to be able to say we're still here we're still going <laughs> and as one said one young lass said Mr Pastor Goff got all over her for it I saw him do it oh, uh, when you leave your family's going to leave and the flags are going to leave and they're going to leave and they're going to leave and <laughs> Pastor Goff said shh <laughs> well we already realised that was going to happen there was only a few of us left wasn't there <laughs> at that time but praise God, you have stuck together and we're still in friendship. Maybe we've stretched it at times, I don't know. <laughs> but we're still there as friends, Christian friends together. And that's the testament in itself, is it not? For, for, for God's word. And let's, let's keep it that way. There's little differences that are not doctrinal that we need to set aside. But doctrinal differences, we're not, gonna, we're, not, we're not changing. Keep the friendship warm. And if you're going to be a friend, show yourself friendly. Uh, <clears throat> nobody wants to be a friend with a grump. Be a Christian, a true Christian friend. D don't be a friend like Job had, three miserable friends. <laughs> that told him how wrong he was and he, <laughs> what have I done <laughs> You know, why are you like this now? You were great friends before. Were you trying to get something out of me before? <laughs> uh, and, and those guys were made to do sacrifice at the end and say, sorry, Job, <laughs> we were judging you wrong. Um, <clears throat> keep that friendship, keep that bond going. James 2.23, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Get on board the friendship boat ship and uh, sail on toward heaven with a few faithful friends remember what Paul said when he's getting toward the end of his life I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your estate he was concerned for one of the churches that he was part, had started and pastored and he said and to think that Paul in all his ministry and all the ventures that he'd ventured out with all the churches that he'd planted 
He couldn't find someone to fill the shoes of, the, of pastoring a church. That sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, praise God that there are those friends that stick with us. We should worship him. John chapter 4, another ship, another boat to, to be on. Well, and chapter 4 <laughs> of the Gospel of John. And he's talking to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and verse 20. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, she said, and ye say that in Jerusalem it is a place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Oh, what? <laughs> That's the only place you can worship God, she's thinking. Ye worship Ye know not what. We know what we worship. And he's talking Samaritan Jew, Jew in understanding that as you read this. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And can we still say that? Salvation is of the Jews. Who wrote this? <laughs> the Jews. Who will be the final evangelist to the world? The Jews. Who at meantime are evangelizing the world? The church. And we need to get on board that ship too, <laughs> evangelizing. But worshipping for salvation is of the Jew. But the hour cometh and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father, not in, uh, the, worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is the church. This is what God wants us to do. He wants you personally to be in such a relationship with the Lord that as you're cut, you bleed Bible, and you can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3 reads, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, as it says here in John, and rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. And the longer you live, the more you realize you don't have confidence in the flesh. As I said to somebody after the service this morning, you see, God had it that men preach the Bible, not angels. Because angels don't go through the temptations that we go through. And the man preaching the word, who is also tempted with the same temptations you go through, can better understand where you're at and, and preach that with, with experience, you could say. Uh, <clears throat> we should be on the ship of worship, worshipping the Lord. And we will be for eternity, if we're Christians, worshipping the Lord. We'll bow and willingly bow when we meet the Lord Jesus and cast our crowns before him to praise and glorify him forever. And we can expect hardship to come. <clears throat> the probability of hardship is mentioned in John 15 and verse 20. Remember the word that I have said unto you, said the Lord. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. This ship is not a pleasant ship to be on. This ship is probably like Paul. He was being taken as a prisoner to Rome to face Nero. And uh, if it wasn't for Paul on that ship, they would have all perished. If it wasn't for Paul commanding that they cut the ropes of their lifeboats so that these people, these was it soldiers or the sailors, were trying to get off, off there, people will die. And they all remain and they all got saved. Not a hair of your head shall fall off. 
as they were saved there that day but probably this hardship that comes in our christian life and paul went through it and that sermon some year or so ago that that were preached about all the hardships and the occasions where paul unwillingly boasted about the hardships he suffered in in his christian life and the closer you get to god and the more you desire to do his will you know what the harder it gets the more the devil throws at you for doing the work of god god protects you in it the purpose of hardship is to help us to grow as it says in romans chapter 5 verse 3 not only so but we glory in tribulation also knowing that tribulation works patience patience experience and experience hope that's the purpose of hardship being on this ship and folks we might be facing a lot more of that in the near future of hardship in the Christian life because of what we profess and what we say. <clears throat> this bill passes this week. It'll be interesting to see how they interpret it and what they, how they start applying it and how they might try to get us who are closer to the border, what do you call it, extradited for punishment in Victoria in the courts of law. And that's within it and within the grasp of the power of the states that I didn't know had so much power but um, we can expect hardship to come if we speak up for the truth even the unsafe people are saying this is not right this is not good legislation but they're rushing ahead with it bent to bring it in the performance of hardship is and how it comes in Romans twelve fourteen says bless them who persecute you and bless and curse not now that's hard to do when they're bringing the whip upon you and then they, you, you, the Bible says, bless them. Bless them. Lord, for bringing this into my life that I might be more like you in your tri- tri- troubles and tribulations, in his trial. We should remain under his headship at all times. Remain under his headship. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 11.3, the head of Christ is God and the head of every citizen is the government. <laughs> the head of Christ, the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is man, the head of every child is the parent. As we read through scripture, we find this. We need to remain under his headship and leadership. And uh, we need to remain under Christian leadership. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, and verse 17, obey them that have the rule over you. This is not, an, this is not a ship that people like to, to get on board with. <laughs> obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. That's unprofitable for you. It will be on Judgment Day. And unprofitable even now. Obey them that have the rule over you. Get on that ship. Children... What does it say in Ephesians 6? Obey your parents. Wives, obey your husbands. And so it goes. And in the church, folks, trust the leadership. Um, We should participate in discipleship. Isn't that what God commanded us to do? Go ye into all the world and make disciples of every creature. (laughs) It's our duty to do this as references, but we are not going to turn to them. We should be practicing Christian discipleship. Every opportunity that God gives us, 
or if we make the opportunities to be, a, to be one that disciples others. Take the opportunity. <clears throat> I've been in places where <laughs> the, somebody become a Christian and they were attracted to a, a Christian, a, an older Christian who knew the word and they couldn't help but come along and just want to get more and more and more of the truth. And, and they grew like a weed, we say. <laughs> and, and it's good to see that. And one person discipling another person in the Lord and helping them to grow quickly. And if they're really earnest and desire that, that will happen. And it can happen within a year to 18 months. And that person will grasp the idea and concepts of the doctrines of the Lord. I like what Paul said of the Thessalonian church. When I was with you, I told you these things, remember? And he was only with them two weeks. And he discipled those people that believed. It was full on, you could say, discipleship. So that when he was made to leave town, they had something truth to grasp a hold of and eventually they got letters to them the first and second Thessalonians they got that letter to them that Paul was concerned that they'd you know fallen aside and it was all the vain attempt to go there but no praise God that they did continue in those things and the last one we look at today discipleship going out reaching people hey <coughs> Jim is not here tonight but Jim has been regularly coming and he wants to go back to Africa and teach his people doctrine um, you know, never know where the Lord may lead this but we need to be teaching him and I've been taking materials around I said I want to fast track you <laughs> he says English <laughs> yeah English <laughs> I, I don't know Swahili <laughs> but pray that God would give him a grasp of the truth as he goes through the recorded lessons we've got, I said this will take eight years if you do it on Tuesday nights, but you can do it in two. And, and, and pray that he will be able to understand, comprehend. He's got blanks to fill in, and I said exam at the end. Exam? Yeah, I said, so that you know and understand what you're doing and what you're reading here. And pray for him and his encouragement in that, that he might be discipled up. If the Lord has it, wants him back there, then... Yeah, the Lord will have him back there. And ministering the word, he said, there's a lack of teaching, a lack of doctrine in Africa everywhere. In fact, he was here when we were doing it, and he took a picture of the book we were doing and starting on and just going through the first lesson. And he, <clears throat> he took pictures of it and he sent it to Emmanuel, his pastor ex in, in Africa. And they were talking in Swahili as I was getting things ready. And then the text came back from Emmanuel can I have it too? <laughs> he was wanting it. I said, I'm sorry, but we're not allowed to. You know, this is copyrighted and stuff. But I said, I'll see what I can do. So pray if that door might open. And he might be able to use it too to train up some people. Well, the last one is stewardship. We've really rushed these last half. <laughs> but the stewardship. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. Let, no, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's Abraham. That's Moses. That's Daniel. That's those Old Testament men that were found faithful 
who were stewards of the mystery of God at that time. And we know far more from the revelation of God. You are a steward of the mysteries of God. If you're saved, and I'm saved, we're stewards. We've got in, in our possession the mystery of God. You have something that your workmate tomorrow has not got. The, the, you understand the mystery of God you understand salvation you understand service you understand what's going to happen in this world and in the future you've got that and they don't but pray for opportunity to be able to be the steward you, you and I should be to get that across whether it's, a, it's usually a one-on-one is the best way to be a steward of the mysteries of the Lord train in the church and go out and be a steward those people that you rub shoulders with day after day, week after week, at school, at work, wherever, are going to stand at judgment day. And as one preacher said, imagine being there at the great white throne. We won't, we won't be being judged. We'll maybe be spectators. And a person that you've worked with all your life stands up to be judged by the Lord. And then look out there in the crowd of believing people. There he is. He never talked to me about the gospel. He, he worked with me for 10 years. Never heard a boo about this. There'll be others that you did talk to and you're a good steward. And they'll be up and look and say, yeah, he told me, but I said no. I didn't want to hear that, but I wished I had. And they'll be full of regret. You and I do our part so that when that day comes, it won't be people, he didn't tell me, I'm here in hell for that reason, not for that reason, for rejecting the Lord Jesus, but I I didn't hear it. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, I pray that you give us all opportunities and a drive to be a discipler, a steward of the wonderful mysteries of God hidden from the world but known by, by your people. And let us spread the good news of the gospel while we've got time that people will not be able to point a finger and say they didn't tell me but be able to point the finger and he did tell me, she did tell me this message and I said no. Lord, bless us as we get on board the ships covered a few but there's many more. And uh, do what we are bid to do, what we're safe to do, what we're ordered to do, commanded to do. And go and do it. And be his disciples. We ask and pray your strength to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you want a fuller study, you go to the protein study. They've got a whole year of the ships of life. And they cover kinship in some lessons, and Bernie's done that a few times in youth group, courtship, friendship, scholarship, leadership, fellowship, and lordship. And each one of those have about six lessons in them, and they're, they're good lessons. We've taught them in adult classes as well. Uh, maybe another, another time we'll, <laughs> we'll get to do the ships.